one. Many of you in the chat were skeptical that we could have a four-day rally. Well, we did. And now we're working on a five-day rally after a mixed bag of earnings. We'll see what the economic data has to say at 8.35, 8.30. And we'll see what Mark Chaikin has to say ahead of that at 8.15. It's Thursday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Okay, good morning, traders and investors. Uh, we've cleared yesterday's high. We're up 10 and a quarter handles at 45.3450. Uh, that's in spite of the buck being up 43 cents at 103.52. Bonds in the green again, up 11.30 seconds at 121 and 19.30 seconds. Crude, well over, eight, well, over 82, up 70 cents, 82.33. Gold taking a little breather, down 20 cents at 16.72.80. Silver back under 25, uh, that's down 16 cents at 24.94. And Bitcoin holding those gains from a couple days ago. We're up $80, well, we're just about flat here at 27 2040 so here we are with wow what a mixed bag of earnings out there we have some winners and we have some losers let's bring in triple d and uh what are you seeing out here uh this 8 a.m morning uh exactly that pretty mixed um strength again the market's relentless bid does continue dip getting bought yesterday the little dip that we had in the morning Dip getting bought overnight. We were down earlier and we're starting to get bought up here again here. So the buy the dippers are in the full. We're going back to the highs mode. And you know who's to argue with them because that's exactly what seems to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. You had just tongue in cheek yesterday and mentioned about getting all those losses back uh, for the month of August. I think that's How far are we be away now. Uh, well, we tacked on 15 handles yesterday, so now we're only about 70 handles away. It's too far. It's too far now, for one day, but it's an impressive rally. What about the Qs? Let's take a look at the triple Qs, and we'll go to the monthly basis here just to take a look at last month's uh, closing price in the triple Qs. I mean, too that's far. been a little, little bit stronger. Right, but hey, who knows? You get some bad numbers, right? We want bad numbers in this market. Uh, we ended last month. Wow, we're not too far off at 383.68. And as we trade right now, that's nothing. We're trading at 377.60. Uh, that's for the cues on a monthly basis. You the see, monthly. it comes in light party time. I think so. I think so. It's an think... unbelievable, unbelievable like turn of events in four trading sessions. I'll just say that the buy the dippers just win here once again. I mean, I guess who's to argue with them? Worked worked again here overnight. You're getting a lot of big moves here from a lot of earnings. I mean, we're out of earnings season, but we're not out of earnings season. Does earnings season ever end? Bring in money, Mitch here because. We had a pile of companies reports last night. We got a lot of companies reporting here this morning. 
and some fairly large names. I mean, you keep thinking, oh, yeah, we're two months into earnings season here. It's over. But is it over? Because CRM and CrowdStrike and Okta and Five Below, and then you got the typical dollar store disaster here today. I mean, wow. I mean, this is impressive that there's still this many big reports. All right, let's get into some of those reports. Let's start talking here. Salesforce, let's go straight to it. Uh, Salesforce achieved impressive results. Q2 EPS of $2.12, beating the expected $1.90. Sales of $8.6 billion also surpassed estimates. Salesforce positive outlook for Q3 and fiscal year 24 is met with a surge in their stock. It's, it's a big pop. It's a good report. They said AI, according to, let's let's go and just see how the, the official AI count here, just grabbing it here from this morning. We had our official Nick Brown counting last night, 104, times, 104? 104 times on the call. Benioff knows the drill. He's all about, you know, promotion of his stock. He's a very much stock promoter. So you knew he wouldn't fail the AI count. So 104 times what Nick Brown counted last night. That was between the call and in the Q&A as well. So they're saying what needs to be said. They're cutting costs. The report was good. It's a nice pop here for Salesforce. I don't know. I think you're running as a resistance probably up where you ran into it before around that mm-hmm. 230 area. But And you can clearly see it in the after hours chart as well, this struggle at 230. But nice pop for CRM. Yeah, the the initial surge went to 230, and that's uh, also the area of a couple highs that you visited in July. So that's oh, you know, it's a good number. It's been there twice. We'll see if uh, three times a charm. And there's some bidders out there. Anybody that sold it between 226 and 230, this seems like a, a mild bid here at 226. So there's an early range in CRM. Having a good morning. Let's go to the next one here. We got Dollar General. Dollar General faces a slight setback in Q2 of reporting an EPS of $2.13, missing the estimate of $2.46. Sales of $9.8 billion also fell short. They lowered their full year 23 gap EPS guidance and sales growth outlook looking really bad now. A significant change here of $7.10 to $8.30 versus a $10.01 estimate. Wow. Getting the dollar move, it seems like it. Dollar Tree gets the disaster report. Dollar General goes silent slightly on the report, and you think, well, maybe the bar is low enough that they can actually walk over the bar. But they couldn't. The the report was an epic disaster here. Um, You wonder if margins aren't getting squeezed. They're probably having trouble raising prices there. And obviously costs have gone up here for these things. So, I mean, you got to think about margins getting squeezed here. Um, same store sales, basically the same, down 0.1% here. But the guidance is just like a big drop here. And that's the big thing. I'll just reiterate what Mitch was just saying. You got the you know 710 to 830 analyst assessments were way up at 10 bucks. So, I mean, they're cutting their guidance down by 30% on, on the low end. So, that is a significant, significant drop in sales guidance there for, for uh, 2023. Oh, that's for EPS. Sorry, that's for EPS. But I mean, this is this is a disaster. And last night, somebody was really convicted. I tell you, man, there was a nonstop seller last night ahead of this report. 
And, you know, with Dollar Tree getting hammered as much as it did, maybe somebody forgot to sell it and they wanted to get out <laughs> last night. But they were offering iceberg style 156, 155, 154 and a half offered all night for the entire four hour session would not get off the offer. Like you left it. Somebody left it for 5,000 shares did not matter. They're like, we got more to go. Somebody really wanted out of this bad and they were right. Stock down 15% here this morning. Yeah, I mean, people aren't shopping at dollar stores. That's uh, a little bit concerning, right? If I think they are, it. Joel. The sales are still the same. The, the problem is, I do think, and sales growth is still supposed to be, you know, right in there, actually. If you look at the sales growth here, Outlook 1.3 to 3.5 from 3.5 to 5. Same store sales, about the same. So they're still shopping there. I think this is just a, a fact of margins getting squeezed. I think on the low end, you, you have certain companies that can just pass it through. And then I'm not sure on these dollar stores that they can, especially the ones that got like fixed pricing. You know, they went from a dollar to a dollar 25 or whatever right. the hell they are, a dollar 50. But five below the same thing. I mean, everything's going to be five bucks. Well, if all your costs go up to like three bucks or four bucks or 450 on some of this stuff, your margins are getting squeezed. I got to think that margins getting squeezed here with the rise in inflation. And yes, inflation is starting to get in check, but it doesn't mean that inflation is getting checked. Prices are going down. It means it's just not going up as quickly. So I do think they're getting squeezed. Carmen's saying theft too might be an issue. I did not listen to the call on Dollar General. I don't know if it's even happened yet. Um, obviously reported here this morning, but you know I'd imagine that's an issue as well. Uh, also, if you look at it, uh, if you're talking about margins and uh, you know your employees still want the money, right? They still exactly. want the yeah, labor costs. Yeah, they're they're going to get costs. squeezed there too. So product costs, labor costs, all that. And then you operate a store that is supposed to have fixed pricing to the consumer. That's just not the recipe for success in an inflationary environment. And that's what we have been in for now two years. So I do think that's a lot to do with the fall from grace for these dollar stores. And I mean, it is an impressive fall from grace. Dollar General is now down 50% from the all-time high set back in October of last year. Um, and then, you know, and that's not even that long ago. I mean, like... October last year, nothing. Right? It's amazing that it was up at highs in October last year when everything was in the disaster mode. And then Dollar Tree, if we just look out to the monthlies here, it's not as far off the all-time high. We got up to 100. I'm just trying to grab the 77, but 121. You're talking 33% off the highs. These things are down significantly from the highs. Maybe they've got to start raising pricing. Maybe the Dollar Tree stores and Five Below and all these other companies that got fixed pricing to the consumers aren't going to be able to leave them fixed forever. Yeah, there's uh, well, they they filed suit on this one. Uh, I guess the the bad news is it's down uh, over twenty four bucks, but I guess the good news is it's off that pre market low of one twenty eight seventy. I can't really say, can't guarantee if that's going to be safe for now. If you're looking for a monthly low, if you're going back to COVID, you're going back to March of 2020, if 128.70 is not cheap enough for you, maybe I get a look at that March 220 low of 125. So, and then you're looking at the rebound high here. The rebound high has been uh, right now, that last ticket, 134.49. Just want to get the numbers for five below there. Five below uh, with a Q2 EPS of 84 cents, slightly surpassing the estimate of 83 cents. Sales of 759 million also exceeded predictions. However, their outlook for Q3 EPS and full year EPS outlook falls slightly 
below estimates. I'm thinking the same thing. Margins getting squeezed here. That's a, it's logic. Sometimes it's just logic works and it's logical to me. Again, not listening to the call, but I just assume when sales are staying the same and earnings are going way down, well, the math adds up to margins getting squeezed because if the sales of your costs were all the same and the sales were all the same, you'd make the same amount of money. So if you're making less money, it's because your margins are getting squeezed. So I think same story here. Maybe they got to change to 10 below. Uh, fill in the gap from June. You do have a buyer here at 168 as we speak. The initial surge after hours took it down to 168. They took it down there again. Uh, that doesn't have that doesn't have to do with the low of the move. The low of the move, though, is uh, a little bit above that at 165.58. So if you twisted my arm, I would be a buyer, you know, 165 and a half to the 168 area. You are now looking at the rebound high as we speak. Believe it or not, you're uh, you are five bucks off that low at 173 uh, in a quarter. That's been your rebound high off that low. But these are just that this is nowhere near its COVID low, though. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, neither do shareholders. The COVID low for this one is 47.53. Let's go to UBS Group. UBS stunning with an impressive Q2. I have an EPS reported at 899. I got to check on that, but just wanted to talk about their sales, of course. Their sales coming in at 9.54 billion also beats the expectation. Notably, UBS unveiled plans to fully absorb Credit Suisse Swiss Bank, marking a significant strategic move here. UBS, pretty good lift. Yeah, blows it away. I tried to short it into the report because it was bid up last night that was a mistake because there was bidding it obviously was a lot more informed than i was so uh getting dinged on this one uh cutting costs right cutting cutting jobs um i don't whether this is just a, an artificial boost from getting those assets way under book value right uh from credit sis and then you cut a bunch of jobs so you know, is it a one-time wonder? Well, we'll just have to wait to next quarter to find that out. A lot of trading has been done overseas in this. You're trading at the pre-market high of uh, 26.68 just off that. I don't have, I mean, going back on the monthlies here, I mean, this UBS, I mean, I'm looking at 2015 here. Do we even have higher prices than this in UBS? Let me uh let me stretch out my monthly chart. But I, European I focus in markets have been, yeah, if you go back to the financial crisis for sure, Joel, I yeah, assume, okay. like, again, it banks anywhere. Basically, uh, you know, like the Canadian banks have done okay over the course of the last 20 years, but the U.S. banks have done terrible. I think if you go back on UBS 20 years ago, like back before the financial I'm crisis, trying I think you'll to. find, I'm going back. I'm not sure hmm. I can go back along. Ah. Uh, what did it do a reorg? Yeah, that's what it did. Don't you love that? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know where the hell this was. This reorg <laughs> back 2015. So it, it did a reorg. So, but I mean, you can look at the other ones. Like, look at Deutsche Bank. Oh, all time high have... Deutsche Bank back in 2007, 120 bucks. It's 11. Let's go. Uh, fun exercise. Barclays, BCS, all time high. Back during the financial crisis, $58 on ballparking it. It's seven bucks. I mean, this is why the banks everywhere have just been terrible investments. ING, back to the financial crisis, 45. It's 14, so it's one of the better ones. It's only down 75% in the last 15 years. Um, what are these, some other ones there? Banco Santander, SAN, 
That was oh, 22. That one. It's three bucks. So it's down 85% over the last 13 years. Just showing you that it's not just a U.S. bank problem. Obviously, JP Morgan. What was that included. Greek bank? What's that Greek bank? Or did that? Oh, yeah, get, that, uh, that went under, I think. Yeah, that MB- did. And and something G. I used to check. Oh, remember, remember that National that Bank was... of Greece. I just don't remember the ticker symbol. I'm MBG, pretty sure it went bankrupt. Oh man, that that caused some major volatility in the market uh, back when that was going under. Uh, we got to you talk about a relentless seller and uh, the uh, dollar uh, dollar general. You got a relentless buyer here in the S&Ps. We are just marching higher, just lifting offers. We're now up 14 handles. Out uh, of the PC. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we, is Mr. Shaken around? Yes, he is. Let's get to our guest. You guys smash the like. I love that Mark has his own intro, has his own coming in here. Oh. Is that the Mission Impossible theme? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know it. Mission Impossible it. is this market more Mark, like it, Mark. No, Let's go. Check on. Anal- on. Analytics on. makes the mission possible, though. Possible. So that's Thank where you. we go here. Mark, what's going on, buddy? Well, uh, we're getting a very nice rally. We're uh, actually overbought in the S&P in a, on a mild basis. And I think it's playing to script. We found support um, where I hoped we would at 43.50 on the cash. Perfect call. S&P, thank you. And uh, surprisingly for me, they went above uh, 40, uh, 490, 4,500. And so we're within a hair's breadth of the 4,600 previous peak. And, you know, we're, we're heading into this holiday weekend. One thing I think that your um, audience should know, because you're reading a lot about it, you know, September is a terrible month for the market. That is true, except when you're up double digits heading into September, and then the odds skew in favor of finishing the month higher. And in fact, what I always look for, and I have for 40 years, is you want to see weakness in early September result in a strong close to the month, and then you typically get a strong close to the year. So I am looking to buy any weakness that we see over the next uh, five to seven trading days in anticipation of a very strong close to the year. Okay, I'm going to go ahead here, Mark. I wanted to ask you about, of course, we've seen this kind of recent lift in tech. And yesterday, it seemed like we were starting to see some of these growth names start to get another move. Are you starting to look at some of these growth names? Like we can mention Unity, Shop, or maybe stocks that are under the ARK Invest group. What do you see here with growth names, Mark? Well, the growth names are absolutely tied uh, at the waist to interest rates. So when the 10-year dropped from 435 down to 411, that's, uh, that creates a bid. But I'm looking at more specialized names. Um, we had a stock that we recommended a couple of months ago, ONTO. Um, and they reported a $100 million contract related to AI. And you can see the stock was languishing. We, we were you know, basically flat to up a couple of percent. And this is a company with 900 million in sales, and they reported a hundred million dollar contract related to AI. And suddenly the stock, you know, skyrocketed. Uh, CRM, Salesforce, great report. You know, you've probably been talking about what it's doing pre-market. Yeah. Uh, 228. Uh, Opta, big, big move based on earnings. So it's not just the Magnificent Seven. 
that everybody's talking about. AI is real. And as Mark Twain might have said, uh, the reports of the death of AI are premature. This is real. It's a productivity uh, wave that's going to sweep over the market for the next 10 years, in my view. So um, interest rates or not, you've got to be looking at some of the smaller names in tech in order to um, avoid being tied just to those three or four names like um, Alphabet and NVIDIA that are, you know, the obvious beneficiaries of this. So um, that's just one sector that I like. There's a stock that we've been talking about, uh, Pure Storage, PSTG, that that makes a really um, fast flash uh, memory capability that's just announced about three weeks ago, a deal with NVIDIA. So there are some specialty names where I think you can make some real money over the longer term. So that's one area that I think you have to focus on on weakness. The other area that's doing so well is energy, particularly the um, equipment stocks, stocks like NOV. Um, Even Halliburton and Schlumberger are starting to come to life. So I think this is a sector that's unloved right now. Uh, the, the refiners are just coining money because of uh, what used to be called the crack spread. It's just, they are coining money right now, although the stock prices don't reflect that. So that's area number two. And then the third area that I think is um, still going strong are the construction stocks. Uh, we just recommended EME, MCOR. Uh, and there's an AI play there that I wasn't uh, keyed into. One of our editors um, sort of sussed out the story. They're building the factories and the infrastructure for data center growth. And that's a key element of the AI explosion. So MCOR Fix, the air conditioning company, FIX, very strong chart. My Full disclosure, my wife Sandy has owned that for well over a year. Nice. And But look where these stocks are. They're making all-time highs. Yeah. And so there's a lot to choose from in this market. It, it, it broadened out back in May. We know that did that. It was one trick pony where tech was driving the bus for the first quarter, but then IWM started picking it up and then it broadened out. And obviously we had the pullback. I mean, good call by you on the overall market. We had the pullback that we needed. Um, you know, maybe we didn't get, you know, the 10% that some people were looking for in the S&P, but I think we got close in the queues. Um, yep. And on, obviously on individual stocks, some were down as much as 25% where Tesla was the case. So, I mean, we had a pretty significant pullback there and, you know, it stayed down there for a few days, but it's this type of market where there's a lot of money still chasing price and, you know, they were waiting for a dip and they got the dip. And so you think continued strength into year end here then? Well, I think uh, there's going to be some sort of pullback here. Buy the next step. Early September. So, you know, stay long and buy the next dip. Exactly. But uh, we've got a real tailwind in terms of the uh, typical presidential, pre-presidential year cycle where they almost always close the year, close December at the highs of the year. So whether that's um, 4,800 or even higher remains to be seen, but that was sort of 4,800 to 5,000 has been my year-end target once we sort of got to 4,600 earlier than anybody had expected, you know, back in July. 
but a, lo a lot is tied to the bond market uh, because interest rate sensitive tech stocks are still key to the, you know, the, the underlying market move. But yes, very bullish into year end. Hey, Mark, um, could you explain the track uh, crack spread? That's no. not a term we use a lot on this show. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot a, of people are like chuckling, but it's actually of the. I actually a lot of the trading that goes on in the in the uh, petroleum and the energy complex, a lot of it is spreading, and I don't think that people, you know, there's also a lot of speculation. Uh, but you have producers, you have end users. There's a lot of spreading goes on. Could you yeah, explain the crack spread? I wish I could, Joel. That's just above my pay grade. I'll I'll study up on it for next time. And it's it it's just do... a differential between the price accrued and the petrol, petrol, petroleum products extracted yeah, from it. Exactly. So okay. uh, right now it's very favorable. There's a chart that one of my people had that I'll I'll forward to you via email. You can put it up on the uh, oh well, Pete Carmesino who does. Uh, you know, one of our trading services. Uh, so it's, it's just a good market. And uh, yeah, it's hard to look at this market and not say, why are there still bears on the sidelines? They're just missing out. Anything you don't like, Mark? Uh, well, I still don't like the defensive stocks. Uh, so utilities really okay. looking poor in our work. Um, yeah. Consumer staples, men's amends, uh, real estate um, sector, not really strong yet uh so it's the defensive areas where i think you don't need to park money there's this a choice between five percent short-term rate instruments or growth stocks i'm going to take growth stocks but i i don't want to be in the defensive names We've been on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. He joins the show every two weeks to give his fundamental and technical and sentimental outlook on the markets. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Enjoy Talk the long again. weekend, Yeah, guys. yeah. Talk to yeah. you again. A couple of weeks, we'll be in the football. What's your favorite football team, Mark? I don't think I ever asked you that. Well, because we lived in Philadelphia for 10 years and we're lucky enough to witness a Super Bowl parade wow. right under our Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> Fly Eagles fly. I love Jalen Hurts, and he's got a great receiving core. So we'll see how that stands he does. up. But um, you know, give me some fleet receivers and uh, an arm like that, and I'm going to go there. Swifty Swift, the yeah. new running back. I, I have, yeah. I think, big things from him this year. Yeah, they got All rid right. of their high price running back, which is always a gutsy move. But I, I, you don't see a lot written about how running backs have a very short shelf life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's the money being spent right now. They they clearly see it, Mark. The return on investment not as good as it used to be. Uh, definitely, but we're excited about the start of football season. That's fall, and it's America, and uh, very excited. Well, definitely, guys, check out Chicken Analytics. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Mark. All right, let's get back to the markets. How we looking here? And creeper rally, yeah, just PCE here. Yeah, just a creeper rally here. No one wants to be short going into that PC number. Uh, we cleared yesterday's highs, just been a steady bid here. We do we do have some daily highs up above that may come into play off this number, but uh right now the, the bulls are they've been in control. We talked about it Monday morning, you know, you had that lift on Friday. Yeah. And well, Tim, had... Tim called it. I mean, we've had fantastic guests this week. Tim Quas came on. 
obviously, and he talked about the potential for a bottom to be in, which was basically at the bottom. Then we had Ryan Dietrich coming on, and he had all the stats, you know, showing that we've had a pullback. They were expecting a pullback, and they're buying the pullback. And I mean, right on the money there again. Who was yesterday? Somebody was good yesterday, too. Eric Kroll, he did the uh, yeah, IPO. Kroll's yeah. always good. Yeah. Obviously, talking about you know the IPOs and don't invest on day one. We learned that from Eric Kroll and <laughs> first page of his book. And then obviously, Mark Jenkins had you know he called the, the, the to the to the number basically on the S and P pullback here. So fantastic guess this week. I actually I did ask him about that. I go, you know, I go, Mark, are you looking at the cash or the futures, right? Because a lot of the Old, you know, old fogies in the business focus on on the cash, which I I do pay attention to. But for me, when he gave forty three fifty in the futures, and I said, you know, that was exactly the low in the move in the futures. The cash got a little bit below, and I I asked him yesterday. I said, Mark, it was a good call, no matter what. Were you talking cash or futures? And <laughs> he he said it was the cash. I think the cash got down to uh, 43.33. But if you're a long-term investor trader, I mean, what's 15, 20 handles, 20 right? seconds to PC. So I'm going to interrupt okay. you, Joel. I'm actually going to go to the background. Mitch is going to preview this number. All right, let's get to it. PCE month-over-month month outlook is expected to come in at 0.2, prior being 0.3. The PCE price index year-over-year year is expected to come in at 3.3, the prior being 3. We will see what happens there. Will we get more of a spike there on the PCE year-over-year outlook? That's what we don't want to see uh, if you're a bull. We'll see what happens here as the number comes in. Uh, they're taking it both ways there. You just ticked a new high at 39 and a quarter. I don't know if it's been disseminated everywhere, but uh, just the bull, they're just battling it. We started this bracket right here at 45.38. We've ticked 45.40. Really a pretty tight market i guess the people with the uh separate you know with the the quick feeds know what it is we're also getting initial jobless claims here looks like we do have a little bit of sellers trying to come into the market uh so far 4540 your pre-market high kind of a tight market here mitch what are the actual numbers core pce price index year over year coming in at 4.2 versus 4.2 estimate prior being 4.1 so that actually is going up not a good sign there for core PCE. PCE price index month over month is at 0.2 versus 0.2 estimates. So it just came right in line. The year over year number also coming in line at 3.3 versus 3.3 estimate prior being 3.0. But what does this also show, guys? If you look at the priors and you look at what came in, you actually see an increase here in inflation. And that's, I think, what the Fed has been pointing to and why Jerome says that they're just going to continue battling inflation. I mean, we're coming off some very hard comparisons, right? Uh, going back a year ago and not, now you're looking at it. But you know what? They're not disastrous numbers. You know, they're, right now the street is just digesting it. It has a bid the, the, following the trend here. The Bears tried to make one little attempt here. It looks like to push it down towards uh, the area of yesterday's high, but it, you know, pretty much, you know, in, in line, not super high expectations. So for now, uh, looks like the bulls are still in control as we speak. 4540 is just shy of um, the next level that you should be keeping an eye on. Uh, bonds are hanging in here. They're up a half a point. I mean, 
they're okay. They're not disastrous. And then when you have a trend in the market. line numbers good enough to continue the party. And that's what the bottom line here is. The bulls were in control coming into this number. I mean, for crying out loud, we're up 18 handles ahead of it. Ahead so of the, the bulls were in complete control. No, these numbers are not bad enough to derail that. So that that's the issue that the Bears have here right now. The numbers weren't bad enough to derail it. I agree with Mitch. I don't like the trend overall here that we are starting to trend higher overall. Um, obviously, you know, we knew gas prices had went up substantially. So there was going to be some stuff in there that we kind of knew was going to pop it up. And that's why the expectations. But it's an inline number. And I don't think this number is bad enough to really pull, you know, the rug out from the bull thesis here. Yeah, well, we'll just have to wait. We'll have to wait for the for the CPI and the PPI, which don't come until uh, the 13th and 14th. But uh, once again, the uh, the after hours and the pre market bidders uh, have it right so far. Yeah, I think what I'm more concerned about is will we have a, a four day win streak? And I don't know if we could have another one today. Um, that 450s, um, if we come back through it, uh, we'll we see. Had we had a cut. four day win streak yesterday. We're working on a five day win streak. Another five. But in yeah, any regard, it's it's to Mitch's point and to Mark's point, we are overbought. We went from oversold to overbought very quickly. So I'm not chasing stocks here. I'm not coming in and saying, yep, you know, I got to get in here. I, I think, you know, we even had a Kramer tweet yesterday, basically, you know, we're, you know parading around. We know he's had a surgery or something. And he's off this oh. week. Um, but he That's tweeted right. out about Apple saying, if you didn't buy Apple now, you're basically never going to get another chance. And we know that's just simply not the case. Like just basically telling everybody and his followers to chase after the stock just went up basically 7% in a week. So, I mean, when he starts getting bullish, we know we start to get a little bit more concerned. Um, I think, you know, we, I think, I think I'm a buyer of dips like Mark, like, like listen to somebody like Mark shaking over Jim Cramer, you know, where you're sitting back. Now you've identified trend waiting for dips to buy as opposed to just chasing stocks, you know, buying the stock that's up the most and selling the stock. That worked good, you know, back in 2020, buying the stock that's up the most and selling the stock. But we've kind of, you know, even in this bull market, yeah, the first half was really good, but we've had a lot of contrarian, you know, moves here this this in this market as well, especially if you get away from tech. So I still don't think we're in the market that we need to chase, but I think you got to have your list. And I think, again, you know, it'd been nice to execute and buy a lot of stuff four days ago. I think you're going to get another chance. Let's go back to the earnings stocks. Let's okay. stop talking about the macro. Let's get more into these earnings. Let's go to Okta. You heard uh, you heard Mark Chaikin mention it. Let's go to it now. Okta shining in Q2, delivering adjusted EPS of 31 cents, surpassing the estimate of 22 cents. Sales of 556 million also exceeded expectation. Looking forward, Okta projects Q3 total revenues of 558 million to 560 million and also boost their full year 24 total revenue outlook. Big pop. Good move up at 90, all kinds of resistance. You're a long ways from there, though. Do you fill the earnings gap? Down <laughs> I don't last know. Quarter? Look at that. That's 88. You know, you're getting two thirds of it back here. Whenever you're in a gap area, you always got to be careful of the full gap fill. So I would say you got up to 88.90. I would be a seller up there. Do you have another five or six bucks to tack on oh. today? Oh, I, I don't know if I'm chasing it. You know, if I was in it, would I be holding out for it? Maybe I'd be looking for, you know, like if you got up near that gap fill area, though, at 88, I'd be a seller. 
Yeah, 88.85 is the gap fill. We're still trading at the highs of the pre-market session, 82.76. I think uh, anticipation of getting to that number, I mean, if you really have a big, long position, I don't know, that's just such a big gap to fill. Maybe for the best thing for this today is, you know, maybe not fill it today. Gap up, you know, make a low at, you know, 79 or 80 or whatever, and then build a little bit of a base. And then you wake up, you know, you work your way up to it. But, uh, you know, get your offers. I'd be out there at 88, 84. I have 88, 85 as a low. But uh, heavy lifting here in Octa, but still seems to be well bid trading at the highs of the pre-market session. What's going on in Chewy? It doesn't look good here. Let's talk about it. Chewy going down, down, down lately, especially that daily top right will show you all the trend that you need to see. Chewy delivering a solid Q2 performance, reporting an EPS of 15 cents, surpassing the loss of 5 cents. Sales of 2.78 billion also beat the predictions. The CEO highlighted strong growth and profitability, yet he can't turn it around. Online dog food store. I mean... That's not what it is, Dennis. That's not what just is what it is. What is it? What it's is an it? everything uh, pet store. And it has also medicine, um, prescription medicines uh, that <laughs> get that. delivered to your house. It's not just a dog food store. Online pet store. There you go. Make it a little bit Online sound a little better. Online pet store. I correct myself here, but I clearly remember pets.com in the year 2000. And I uh -oh, clearly well, there remember you go. it going to zero. So I'm not saying Chewy's going to zero, but there's so many better things to invest in. It's got support down here. We'll give you that. Could it bounce? Yeah, they're in the market that they're trying to buy dips. So I think you got good support down 22, 23 area. But there's just a lot of better areas to invest in. This stock has been a disaster since 2020. Obviously, had the big COVID run when they bought everything. When, you know, obviously, Portnoy was throwing darts at a, at a dartboard and just putting three tickers together and making money. That's when you knew the times were really good. $120, all-time high, $25. I'm going out on a limb saying it's never going to see $120 again. Um, I'm just not interested in Chewy. You know, uh, is it the guy that uh, you know uh, did those amazing Bed Bath and Beyond trades? Isn't he the one that's up? Uh, yeah, that's uh, a good fun? mention, Joel. That's where yeah. I was going to go to. Also, yeah. I think. What's, what if they're fading just, Chewy with uh, number one? Our our friend, right, Ryan Cohen. There you go. I got you, Joel. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. I'm wondering if some people are maybe just fading him, and that's why. He's just been getting destroyed. I just don't um, think there's a. I just don't think there's like a story here, like a long. What's the AI story in Chewy? Okay, let's stop. What's the AI story in Chewy? Automatic uh, delivering, like let's say, like they drones know, dropping off your pets' foods. Yeah, okay, like telling you, you can, when you, you need can reach to maybe find it. But I just yeah, think I like reach. think about uh, uh, think about. Let's just put give you a perspective here. Think about <laughs> how pets. good of a year. It has been for stocks in 2023. 2022 sucked for Chewy as well. 2023, we've seen a rebound in so many names. This stock started the year up at $35 a share if I'm looking at the chart, right? It might have even been higher than that. I'm looking where we started. 30, call it 37 $37. It's $25. You've got to really like stretch to find stocks that are down 30% this year. And that's telling me 
that this is just this story was overvalued, hyped up, Ryan Cohen, GameStop, whatever it is. The story was just too hyped up. One trick pony because it's an online pet store. Um, no, thank you. It's just its performance speaks for itself. Uh, I have two things to add here. One, Dennis, you know, gave you that monthly support here. Uh, it uh, under $23, but you are coming into the low of the move. And, uh, yep. you know, if, if your target down here was uh, $25.29, right, you might get a shot at it. Pre-market low is right at that area, $25.50. But you know what? I am going to I'm going to change this company. I I have the AI story for this company. What is it? I'm going to change the name of the company. And I don't know if anybody's going to get this. I'm going to change the name of the company to Astro. Does anybody know who Astro is? You talking is? from the Jetsons? Yeah. AI dog. Oh gosh, Joel, this joke was bad. <laughs> We're Robot giving you dogs. On this one. I'll tell you one thing: you might not have Too to pick up the waste. Up. You might not have to pick up much waste. At least uh, that, that, that's the that's the bonus. At least. All oh right. look at well, at least the chat is a lot. Chat liked it. The yeah, chat the liked it. Yeah, look at Love that. Love it, you Dana. Jeez. Okay, they're giving yeah, me heat. Face. They liked your yeah. show. They, the chat liked it. I, I, man, I, I, I guess you guys are aging yourself out there, guys. <laughs> I like it. I like the Jetsons. Jetsons. No, no, no. That's way too. That's even past my time. So yeah. that's all you guys right there with the show. Jetsons. It was so yeah. far ahead of you know everything else. You know, it was that the dad true. jokes one hundred and one. I'll go. take the Rosie over the dog, though. I'll take the Rosie. Just clean my house, do my dishes. <laughs> Clean my clothes. Well, Musk is supposed to be giving us that. So if now, Musk that's would what hurry we up and, and give us that, we'd be all set. All right. Let's 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 move to notable ratings here. Pelantier Technology. Morgan Stanley downgrading Pelantier to underweight despite raising price target to $9. I, I was actually long this yesterday. Got stopped out with bad execution. Um, had it in the 1550. Wow. Um, that was a good it, buy. It was a nice buy, but I got to say, I didn't play it right, Dennis. I, I set a stop and I stopped watching it because I wanted to go trade some other positions and they just came and they just stopped hunting me. There's an AI story here. The AI um, story is starting to get hot again. Whether it stays hot, I don't know. You got huge support at 14. I don't know if it gets all the way back down here, but I do think Morgan Stanley is uh, downgrade is bad timed here. I do too. Um, it was breaking out yesterday. They're trying to stop it in its tracks, and it's trying, but it was down here more. I think they're going to buy this dip. I think so too. I mean, this stock had a tremendous run, right? Uh, you know, nine bucks, it got to twenty. Now, I know I mentioned this before. Uh, these two days here, where it kissed twenty and then went over twenty, um, you know, you you had some analysts just greasing the pump on CNBC saying you got to own this stock yeah. right now. This is the best stock ever. And you got the rug pull. I'm going to agree with Dennis here on this one. So you had your move up from 1368, just over 16 bucks. Ah, it's two buck move here. If this came down in the lower 15 handle, I think people are going to be licking their chops just thinking, man, I might not get this back in the 14 handle. So I'm, I'm going to fade. I'm, and, and this is Morgan. This is coming from Morgan Stanley. So if this, I mean, I, think, I, don't I think it's mean, bad time. 
I, well, uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, the Mike yeah. Wilson, the Mike Wilson top, right? And then uh, what was another one of their calls that was? They keep uh, trying to stop this market from rallying. Yeah, you can't stop this market. Anyways, evil uh, Morgan Stanley, evil, yeah. bearish, evil. always bearish, evil suits. Very evil. Hey, SPs are leaking here, Dennis. I don't know if you're getting hit of some bids. You had uh, the buyers yeah. into the buyers into the print here. And now, and what I like with these kind of setups are is when you pull back enough from the pre-market high, it's a good number because you're now you're 10 bucks off it. So if they want to juice this thing, try and get it to 45.50, they're going to have to do some heavy lifting here, even if not, not heavy lifting, it's nine, 10 handles, but uh, get over that, uh, that pre-market high 40, 41 and a quarter. That was just under your August 10th high. Okay, um, we're getting some questions about some stocks. We'll save some time for some ticker time. We only got a couple of more topics sure. to go through. So team, get ready. We'll do some ticker time for you guys. Uh, let's go to uh, CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike reports a strong Q2 uh, EPS of 74 cents, outperforming the expected 56 cents. Sales of 731.63 million also beat estimates. The company projects growth in Q3 EPS and full year 24 EPS, along with increased revenue expectations. Of course, we got good earnings reports from Pan W. I started seeing that lift a little bit yesterday. I was already taking a look into CrowdStrike. What do you guys think about it today? Um, I think CrowdStrike was all over the place on this report. It was down Fine. and then it was up and it just didn't know where they wanted to take it. And that's kind of what I think about the stock chart here too. It's just kind of all over the place. 140 has been huge support. We got down there two days ago and we bounced off it once again here. Really, even since the last quarter, it's kind of lost its way. At least the stock has kind of lost its way here. I do think eventually it resolves itself to the upside because cybersecurity stocks, I just think you're going to need them as more and more, especially when you get to artificial intelligence and you look at the hacking ETF, it's near the highs. I mean, I think there's just, you know, people and obviously a lot of fund managers that are just have underneath demand here. But, you know, with that being said, this CRWD last two quarters in a row, that weren't that great. Uh, if there's anything that, uh, you know, if you guys have gals have been listening to me over the years with technical analysis and the pre-market trading, I mean, this is a this should not have traded over 155. I mean, that's just a, when I look at five highs in the same area in a beaten down stock, it's daily, monthly and uh, daily, weekly and monthly resistance. I mean, it went to 156 and change. I mean, it one, wow, went to 157, but just all those buyers there. Maybe if you don't put yeah. your offer there on the way up, surely if it loses momentum, and I know, Dennis, it probably went up so fast and down so fast unless you had your order out there. But, man, you just have to respect the level that's traded five times in the month of August. I mean, now where to buy this thing, I have no idea. The top of yesterday's range, you could barely, you might get a look at this. The top of yesterday's range was 150.17, and yesterday's close was 149.18. But if you get another look at 155 again, I'd be out there. Canaccord Genuity upgrades Shopify to buy and raises price target to 70. What do you guys think about that? And then there's also some Amazon news here. Dennis, yeah. you caught that Amazon. What did you see here from yeah, Amazon? Yeah, last night. And obviously, if you're using your pro, remember, always keep your press releases on there, too. And there was a press release there last night um, with Shopify and, and, doing, um, and doing a deal here with Amazon. 
I'm just trying to grab the headline here. I saw it last night. I'm just trying to grab it now. It came out. Amazon I... launches buy with Prime app integration for Shopify. So that came out mm. at, I believe, 6-12 last night. And the stock popped $2 immediately on it. Like, I mean, in a split second. That's your algos reading those headlines. And then, you know, we pulled back a little bit. Well, now you get that subsequent upgrade here today. So Shopify is off to the races here. Wish this was on my shopping list. I think it was on yours too, Mitch. We were both saying, do we get it at 50? You know, we were hoping. I have a good question. Is this going to be an opportunity? Like getting like a a company like Amazon just in an early time, like going for shop. And then we eventually look back at shop at being real competition for Amazon. I mean, well, Shopify is is something that I'm thinking about. Shopify is competition for Amazon, first of all. So it's a good point you're making. Um, Amazon's just such a mammoth, though. That's not yeah, like that's what I'm to wondering. squash their competitors. So they're actually working with Shopify here, too. So trying to work with them, you know, keep your friends closer, keep your enemies or keep your friends close, keep your enemies even closer, maybe type of deal here with Shopify, Amazon, helping them out, throwing them a bone. But I mean, whenever you mention Amazon with anything, it's going to get a lift, especially with Shopify here. But, you know, what a move here. And we're talking in 10 days, 51 to 65. So now it's hard to chase it. So I, I, I wish, you know, and I had it on my list. I had Shopify written on my paper. I was hoping it could get down near 50, maybe even to the 40s. And I actually was going to buy some and now it's gone again. So I guess sometimes you just got to like not just hold up for the best price. You just got to strike when you get a good enough price. Uh, the dailies, I don't have a good number for you, but sometimes when, uh, you know, you get moves like that, the double dose of good news, two highs, uh, within a, like a buck of each other. Cause you had a high at 425 and 6619 to stop right there at the, in the 65 handle. So getting right back into this resistance right here. So we'll keep an eye on it, but uh big move, double dose of good news for Shopify. And you always want to be mentioned with Amazon. You know, I mean, yes. yeah, I mean, you know, Amazon pre-market prep brought to you by Amazon. All right. It's time for some ticker time, guys. We saved a little bit of time for you guys. Definitely throw up some tickers and um, and Joel and uh, Dennis, if you guys have anything you've been going after lately, you guys can mention it now um, or anything you're looking for. I'll say at least I took a shot on something that I brought up here yesterday. I went with Apple yesterday. Um, so I have a decent position in Apple. We'll keep looking Long. to see if that can keep pushing. I got 185.98 yesterday, uh, almost about uh, up about 1% on this Tell one. Tell us why, because you're chasing it here. I'm just curious yeah. why. It's just the iPhone event. I'm just looking for a run ah. into the iPhone event. When is I've that? I've been talking about it's on the 12th, uh, the 12th of September. So I think in the first week of September, I'm looking for that nice run. And then eventually as it comes closer towards it, I want to sell it as everybody starts looking for it for that iPhone run. But I'm trying to play it. I'm trying to front run it. I'm scared you're early. Um, and, and again, in event timing, and obviously just my opinion, I'm scared you're a little bit early. I usually do the events three to four days ahead. 12 days ahead is a long ways. Lots of market risk, obviously. Um, but you know, it all depends on the market. This is a market stock. If the market continues, it's party. And maybe Apple has new all-time highs on its mind here too. I mean, the m- momentum is clearly with you here, Mitch. It's trying to do a gap fill here too, up to like 190, which it may do. I don't know what it's going to do it today, but it may do it sh- sooner than later. Um, so I think short-term momentum is definitely with you here. I'm just scared you a little bit early 
on the event-driven catalyst. I love, you know, trading ahead of the catalyst. You know, I like trading ahead of earnings reports. You know, I like trading ahead of events. You know, I like trading ahead of, you know, whatever I can find. You know, even in dividends, we talk about that, you know, strategy being long AT&T and Verizon ahead of their ex-dividend dates because the dividends are so high. So I think there's definitely a strategy always trading ahead of the catalyst um, to scare you a little bit early. I'm going to write that down. Though. I'll be interested when we get probably mid, you know, to, to the end of next week. I'll be interested in the strategy for sure. Right. And that is also right around the uh, uh, the time of the uh, the CPI and the PPI coming out. So good luck. It happy to on then. Uh, first things first, I, the relative strength here in Apple compared to the S&Ps is not very good. Uh, the S&Ps, uh, that spider is trading up 0.26%, uh, while Apple is only trading up just uh, 0.06%. So not participating. Also, the S&Ps took out uh, the previous day's high by a wide margin. Apple didn't. So I, um, I know you're, you're holding this for two weeks, uh, but I would just make sure that you bust through yesterday's high, 187.79. You get a firm bid in the 188 handle. And then regardless of the timing on it, the gap fill was at uh, 190.69 from earnings. Uh, that's still three, four bucks away here for Apple. There's some interesting ones we could bring up with this one. I think we could just do two with this one. Let's do PayPal and Square as that <laughs> opportunity. Um, I know I was looking at it yesterday a little bit. We could see, you know, some buying action coming into these growth names. What do you guys think about these two? Uh, we, we've been joking about the PayPal versus Square race just on the prices. PayPal has bounced a lot more than Square has here. Square can't seem to get off the 55. I talked about this 55 as support, and wow, has it ever been support? I mean, this thing in the last seven, eight days, multiple lows in the 55. So clearly, square support is very, very well defined. So you know where you're out is. This thing starts ticking 54, and you got to you got to bail if you're long it. But I mean, wow, what a support level. PayPal bounced earlier. I do pair trade these two stocks. They do still pair trade fairly well together. Um, I think if you're long PayPal, I think it's had a pretty good bouncer already. I think you're thinking about 65 as you're out. So you may have another buck and a half here, but it's been a pretty good bounce. It is concerning that Square hasn't bounced at all, though. Uh, yeah, the uh, the PayPal, I'm not, I mean, it's trading up four cents. So a little bit of sympathy here. I'll go, I'd like to see it. It's just under 65 today. If you're looking for a target on that one, uh, the Square has a little bit more interesting setup here. If you like to buy, um, in the strength here, multiple highs at 58 bucks, traded up 14 cents. So these would be one of the charts where, you know, very early on, you open up, you hold the close, you hold 58. And then minor breakout here, maybe I uh, get it rode up to 60. But if I'm buying it at 57.80, 57.90 or 58 even, I'm not, I'm not even waiting to yesterday's low to figure out I'm wrong. This would be one that, hey, it's busting out. Some people are going to have to buy on strength. So that's what I'm looking at in SQ. Let's go to the next stock here. I see a bunch of names. So keep dropping up th those names in the chat. Um, here's an interesting one. Visa and MasterCard. 
unbelievable. I mean, I sold my MasterCard last year at 350 because I just said, well, had it in my portfolio for 15 years. And I just fell at 28, 29 times earnings. It was just overextended. I also thought, you know, that we could go into a bear market or, or continued. And this one really hadn't went down. It did go down actually after I sold it because it, it was actually not even 2023. I think it was in 2022 I sold this. So it actually did go down. It was never rebought. And I guess that's the problem. When you sell stuff out of your portfolio, you got to keep it on your <laughs> list and the get back in. And, you know, I, I often get out. I often exit very well. And I just don't get back in as a problem in the long-term portfolio. I didn't get back in. I don't get it at 32. I think it's over 30 times earnings here now. I don't totally get it. I feel like there's going to be competition coming for it as well. So a MasterCard and Visa, I can't argue with the performance. Shows the consumer is still very strong here too. Um, Visa is close to all-time highs. And MasterCard is making new all-time highs. Unbelievable stocks. Yeah, and I'll just look real short term here. And it kind of had a weak close and kind of a strong market yesterday. And you're getting a pop up on a, on 2,000 shares. You're up 259. So that's a little bit rich for my taste. Uh, just check out your uh, your after hour. Man, that was no, that was uh, what was yesterday's high? I'm sorry, I'm off on the daily on this one. Yesterday's high 417.78. That'd be one heck of a target. It's the only number I can give you in that. And then uh, Visa. Same thing, use yesterday high as a target, concentrate on the old-time closing high at, that was made yesterday, 246.23. All right, let's go to an interesting one here uh, and seeing uh, some Chinese names being mentioned. We've been keeping a close eye on them. They've started to move. Baidu is the one that Marshall wants to take a look at. Uh, I was keeping an eye on them yesterday. They seemed like they were starting to get a little bit of strength. I just find it so hard to play these, but uh, PDD, Baidu, Baba, all in the same boat, right? Hmm. Yeah, and that boat is pulling back here again. <laughs> I mean, if we're going into this full-on ramp-up bull market here, you're probably buying China on the pullbacks as trades. Again, we always know that there's the risk of a Taiwan thing happening at any time. Yep. So you have to have that you know, stomach for the overnight risk. Um, but Baidu, Baba, I think you know they've come back a lot. We saw, talked about PDD Goldman upgrades yesterday too, and the thing really blasts off. Kept on another going. dip here today. I think actually I like Baba. I've, again, technically, I've kind of liked it here. And even in the 80s is where I kind of wanted it. I think you get back near 90, I think you might be buying Baba. Okay, but uh, I think our person asked about Baidu, right, Mitch? Yeah, Baidu, Baidu. 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 Same okay. thing. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is I pair trade those two stocks. Those two, you buy Baidu, you own Baba. Thank <laughs> you, Dennis. You know how it goes, man. Those okay. relationships. Yeah. Man, I just the fact, I mean, that's a big old run from a, like a week and a half ago, 125 almost to 150. I just would keep an eye on that close. If I was long this thing, I'd be like, please get back. You know, if I had a short-term trade on, I'd like, please get back to unchanged on the session. That would be good enough for me. That's been a big run. Coming back on the downside, if you just want to exit on weakness, yesterday's low is 139.14. Uh, I don't know if it's... I, uh... too. I just want to take over on DKNG because I saw the chat mention it. I put an order out there. When okay. it was coming in at twenty five eleven in my long term account, and I had this order out there when the stock was like twenty seven bucks and coming down, and it came down and got to twenty five forty one, and I was like, I kept hoping, like I thought it was going to tick that twenty five. Yeah, and I was like, I was a little bit above it. I thought I was going to get it, and I wanted to be on DKNG. And now I look and I was like, I missed it by thirty cents, and here it is up five bucks, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I guess sometimes you just got to just pay up. 
Well, Dennis, you know what I did? I said, you know what? I missed DKNG. I have to go for Penn. So I have Penn. Uh, I you got it again. Penn. I got it yesterday. I have uh, 2411. So I'm even in the red right now. It looks okay. Um, I don't mind the Penn shirt here. I, I'm long. I have my to take wife a shot. Her NFL trade, baby. Yeah, NFL trade. So this weekend, this weekend's a lot of when you're going to see the, fa- the fantasy drafts go through. And so fantasy drafts also creates momentum and hype from all the football traders. And then they're going to start thinking about NFL season coming. The bets should start coming in next week already. Um, so I think I'll it's more the bats. I think it's more the bats because uh, I've been hearing a lot like fantasy is so complicated. You got to do, I mean, you got to do your homework on fantasy. People yeah. are just like, Hey, there's a game spread six and a half. I'll do this. I'll do a teaser. I'll do a parlay. I think, I mean, if there was a way to short fantasy sports, I, w- I would do it because I think people are just, you know, and now you can bet, you know, in game, half game, field goals, you know, flip a coin. People don't want to do their homework. They don't want to do it. I mean, fantasy is tough. It is really tough to do. So, I mean, it's still good for, uh, you know, the football season starting. But, man, I just I think people like the games. All right, let's go to, um, I don't know if it's my rear end asking or just someone named rear end in the chat. Uh, Glutus Maximus, <laughs> looking for coin. Nice. Wants to take a look at coin. I'll tell you guys, uh, I, I took a shot in this one um, just based off of what's been going on in grayscale. Um, what do you guys think about this whole situation? I think you're buying Bitcoin here. Uh, it pulled back. I think, there you go, um, Dennis. It- Dennis, are you buying Bitcoin? Uh, I own a little bit of it. I'm okay. thinking about adding to it, to be honest with you. Um, that's interesting. I, it was a big move yesterday. Like, look at BITO if you just want, like 1451. We just pulled back here. I think the CTF is going to get approved. I think it is going to be the next catalyst to take us forward here. I think you have great support underneath here. I don't know if Coinbase is my vehicle of choice because that thing's just too much to stomach sometimes, but a BITO, which you're just basically buying Bitcoin here. That's the strategy ETF. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's don't want to own that because you get the official ETF approved. Maybe that's not the one to own. But I think overall, just owning Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin's a buy here. Uh, just specifically to the coin. I mean, you're right here right now. You got two highs at the same area, right? Make key on 86.40 today. If you're looking for more upside, uh, those are the highs the last two sessions. We'll see what happens. If you guys didn't catch the Kathy Wood interview yesterday, make sure you guys check that out. I can give you guys the link. Dennis, what's your wrap up for the market? Uh, I think you're still looking at dips here. Um, it's It's been this market where the trends persist for like a week or two and then it turns. And then when it turns, it turns viciously. And we had the bears in total control for a few weeks. And then the last week of August here, the bulls just took it right back here. So I think you're you got your shopping list. I think you're buying dips. To Mark's point, I think I want more than like a ten point dip around the S and P here, though, because we've ran quite a ways here now. I mean, if you could get Microsoft back, well, Microsoft really hasn't gone yet. That's interesting. Actually, I was looking at Apple and I was thinking Microsoft gone more. Microsoft really hasn't even gone yet, so that one's interesting. But um, I think you're buying dips. That's why I was like, even like the Palantir here today on the Morgan Stanley dip. I think I'm looking at buying dips in this market. Like to see some follow through here. I now there were 10 handles off the pre market high. I think really the bulls, I was turned a little bit uh bullish on uh Monday morning, and now 
we've had a really nice rally. I see a daily high up in that area too. So if the bulls are going to make this a strong winning fifth day, I think you got to clear that pre-market high early and often. That's 41 in a quarter. Uh, tomorrow, just to finish up uh, this week of uh, fantastic commentary, I uh, dug up uh, Craig Johnson from Piper Sandler. Oh, wow. What a yeah, yeah. I I yeah, like it, it's kind of like I reach these, I reach out to these people, and I'm like, oh, it's Labor Day, you know, four day weekend. But uh, Craig's going to be at his desk, and uh, he'll be joining us tomorrow morning, eight thirty five. I know he's uh, a crowd favorite. Huge, huge. Week, All right, guys. guys, stick around. Of course, we got live trading coming up next. Hit the like button. Let's go.